Hey everyone, welcome to the LFGRX podcast. This is your host Trevor Hall and Andrew Towers. Um, we're both co-founders of Go GoRx Fitness, and we're here to answer some questions. Uh, and then some of our Reddit AMA questions. This is going to be: Do we do any vetting of the affiliates to ensure individuals offering personal training have required foundation of knowledge to put together a quality program? Are there any certifications we require or recommend or anything like that? So, um, so we don't do like a background check as if, uh, you know, like looking for criminal history record, that sort of thing, but we do vet affiliates, uh, as part of the onboarding process, a new affiliate has to submit, um, you know, some information about their gym, which includes their certifications. Now, to be clear, you don't need a certification to join the platform or to affiliate if all you do is plan to offer rack time, where you're just going to rent out your space for users to come and enjoy a private workout. But we do require certification if you, train to, uh, if you plan to do any personal training or group fitness training. And so the one caveat to that certification is that it has to be an accredited program. So you're thinking, pro so think programs like NASM, ACE, uh, ESA or even CrossFit, uh, the CrossFit level one, two, three, and four, those are all credited programs. So, uh, you don't need a certification to uh, affiliate unless you decide to train. So the thing that, uh, I think we do very well is part of our affiliate program, you know, is a pipeline that we use to help these individuals start and launch a micro gym. And so, um, in a nutshell, that's what we do to vet. Uh, we feel pretty confident that we are finding high-quality people uh, and that high-quality people are coming uh, and reaching out to us. It takes a unique individual, I think, or a special individual, motivated certainly, that wants to affiliate their gym, right? It's someone who's decided, I'm going to turn my, my home gym into a business. And generally speaking, people that are motivated to start a business, got the entrepreneurial spirit, um, are generally what we're finding. Uh, good people, you know, and, and they're wanting to impact their community. They're wanting to open up their home, make fitness more accessible to uh, their neighbors. So uh, we're really we're, we're really excited about the people we're bringing on board. And we think uh, we're going to have uh, quality gyms in the future as we as we build out this this business. Yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, we, we definitely develop meaningful relationships with our affiliates. It's been. Mm -hmm. It's been uh, one of the better parts of this of this process of building this business and everything has been meeting a lot of great people and creating a lot of really great relationships. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I love it. Uh, the next one is, is there a, a minimum amount of space or any equipment standards required to affiliate? Um, um, as far as a minimum amount of space or equipment, no, we don't have a minimum space. I think that uh, market definitely will dictate kind of a minimum amount of space. I think you have to have enough space for somebody to be in there and move around and and get uh, get a workout in. We do have set a, a set of standards for our affiliates that requires it to be a space that is set aside that is designated for this micro gym. Uh, these are going to be businesses that we want our affiliates to take pride in. We want to be able to take pride in in the affiliates that have come on board, and and so uh, there are there are some standards that we have around that. It's just cleanliness, um, you know, quality of equipment. It's really important to have. Andy yeah, I, 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 yeah, for sure. So I would add, um, 
one, you don't need like a squat rack. You don't need a barbell specifically uh, to to um, to affiliate your gym, right? So there's, there's probably a question about this that we're that we'll answer, but I'll get into it now. So there are no equipment standards to affiliate, right? So um, you could be you could throw a mat on the ground, maybe some mirrors, and call yourself an MMA or ju- you know jujitsu BJJ micro gym. That's totally cool, and you don't probably need a ton of space to do that. If, uh, if you're not going to have a class or, or a gym full of people, one of our gyms, uh, actually our gym in Germany, affiliate gym in Germany, black box micro gym is basically like a large closet. Uh, and Simon, the owner there is, has been very, um, creative in how he utilizes that space. So he gets really quality, high work, high quality workouts in, in his micro gym. And it's, and it's, and it's really small comparatively, uh, to gyms that you'll see in the U S. Um, so, you know, to be clear, we don't, we're not going to be ensuring that you have like a, a certain set of equipment. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously what Trevor is saying, speaking to the quality of the equipment, the cleanliness and all that stuff, that's important, obviously. Um, and, but it's not a, something that we're going to police, right? So sure. we're not going to, we're not going to be showing up random, randomly to people's houses and ensuring that they have a clean space. Uh, we're all, you know, a f- um, let's see, moving on to the next, uh, the next questions, will you be providing tax forms or is it on the owner to determine the forms that they will need? So is it on the affiliate to determine the phone, the forms that they will need? Uh, and then some other questions within that is, will this be, will this, will there be a 1099 coming from GoRx? Will your company provide guidance on what is deductible or leave it up to a CPA? Uh, so. Um, all right. Will we, will we be providing tax forms? No. So we're, we're not going to be providing tax forms and, and yes, that is up to the owner to determine the forms they need, right? Um, work with your CPA, your bookkeeper, if you don't, if you have one of them, uh, or if you use a bookkeeper to, you know, to, to square yourself away with that. We don't provide 1099s because the way that our, the way that the payment infrastructure is set up, uh, we don't hold on to any of any of your money. So a transaction occurs in the app, a money is immediately divvied out uh, to both GoRx and the affiliate. So there's no there's no holding. We don't we don't um, distribute money at a certain period of time. So what we're told and what our lawyers assure us is because it's the case because this is the case, we don't have to hand out 1099s. You're all individual business owners. You're independent um, small business owners. And so the onus is is on you. We will certainly provide resources. We're certainly here as part of your team and your support structure to ensure that you're crossing your T's, dotting your I's. Um, and let's see, the last was we provide guidance on what is deductible, leave it up to the CPA. So what we're always going to tell you is consult the uh, your CPA, right? But uh, many of us have been doing this for some time, so we can share with you what we do and what we write off, uh, you know. Yeah, like Andrew said, we're we're not CPAs or anything like that. So we always default to telling people or telling our affiliates to to go and ask a CPA, go and ask your your accountant. So um, <clears throat> from that standpoint, we we can give some general guidance on what we've seen and what we've heard from CPAs that we've talked to. Um, and over time, we'll develop partnerships and we'll develop um, you know relationships with CPAs or accounting firms or anything like that that can that we can point our affiliates in the direction of 
Um, but from the standpoint of anything in the beginning, we'll, we'll just continue to say the onus is on the affiliate and it's, it's important to research all of that stuff prior to even launching. Let's see. Next question. Let's go into, uh, does your insurance have to be a commercial policy or will a homeowner's insurance policy or maybe umbrella insurance cover mishaps or situations regarding your micro gym business? From the standpoint of insurance, um, we have referred to and been in talks with different insurance companies and, and everything about, about all of the uh, risks and, <clears throat> and insurance loopholes and whatnot that, uh, that revolve around micro gyms. And certainly we're not any sort of li- licensed insurance expert or anything like that. But, uh, but we've spoken with so many that we, we have some good information around that standpoint. But from what we've seen, homeowners insurance will not cover anything when it comes to uh, business activity. So if you're taking payment or anything like that for people coming into your micro gym and working out or anything, then that's going to be, that's going to have to be covered by a commercial policy. Um, most homeowners insurance policies have a caveat in them written into the, into their terms that say that state that business activity is not covered and that the home is for, uh, that the homeowners policy is for a residential, um, just a living space and, <clears throat> and property. So it's not going to be covered by, um, any of those policies. Generally umbrella policies will also not cover that personal umbrella policies will not cover um, any, any situation or any risk that, that is involved in the micro gym business. And, um, the reason for that again is because it's business activity and that's almost always written into all of those policies. And so you should never, we, we tell affiliates, they should never assume that their homeowners policy or their umbrella policy or anything like that should, uh, will cover any of their business activity. Um, and we always, we always recommend that, if you have a business and you, if you have a micro gym business and you're wanting to um, insure it, it should be a commercial policy with, uh, w- and you should work with your broker, your insurance broker, whoever, whoever your insurance provider is to make sure that you're getting the correct type of insurance and getting the correct coverages because uh, that will just, it will reduce your headache in the long run when it comes to any claims that take place or any, anything like that. Um, and so um, we recommend a commercial policy. They're they're pretty affordable um, at this time. What we're seeing is anywhere from twenty five dollars a month to a hundred dollars a month, and so um, it, it just depends on what state you're in, how much equipment you have, you know what what your uh, what your exposure to risk is looking like when it comes to an insurance provider or a broker, and they'll let you know um, what is most important to be covered. And there's a lot that we could talk about when it comes to insurance, right? So ultimately your goal when, it, when, the, when we're talking about insurance, your, your goal is to mitigate risk. And there's a number of different, there are a number of ways to mitigate risk. Uh, and the insurance policy is there to protect you in case, um, you know, all of your risk mitigation efforts fail and someone gets hurt and they, you find yourself in unlikely situation where you're, um, you know, in a civil lawsuit or something. So how do you mitigate risk? Uh, And we can talk a little bit about this, but let's get some broad strokes stuff down. So one, you need to make sure your space is clean, that your equipment is maintained. That's like uh, number one, that you have quality floors, that people are not going to be losing their fitting, um, you know, footing if they do like a split jerk or something. Um, You want to ensure that you're not mixing 
children or pets, generally speaking, into uh, the equation here because they introduce a whole host of um, variables that can uh, increase your risk. You want to have policies in place and, you know, like waiver forms, terms of service or conditions, that sort of thing. Uh, Possibly um, you're going to want cameras or some sort of video surveillance of the place. And this is, these are all things that your insurance provider are probably going to articulate and probably say are required, right? Sometimes insurance providers, commercial insurance providers want to see signs, signage up in your gym, and they're going to ask you to specifically put some certain signage up there. They might tell you, you need a first aid kit or um, a pager system. So depending on the policy and the price of that policy, they're going to come with stipulations. And these are all things that are good for you, right? Um, So you want to take these steps to uh, ensure that that likelihood of you getting sued for someone getting injured is reduced dramatically. And so in addition to your insurance policy and helping you walk through that, what we do as a platform and as a company is we help you address those. Take a look at your situation. Take a look at your gym. Offer up guidance and, and recommendations on how you can mitigate risk. Our platform also addresses this pain point because we built in default <clears throat> excuse me, policies. So anytime someone books a gym or books a workout at your gym, they have to agree to your terms, your local terms and service. Now, we have drafted policies, default policies that you can use, and you just swap in your name, your contact information, you press save, and you're good to go. Uh, or you can have a lawyer write your own, right? And you can tailor it. Uh, or customize it for yourself. Uh, one thing that I do, I have brought up in podcasts previously, but I think this is a good opportunity. If there's a platform out there telling you that um, you're good, you're safe, you know, like you don't need to talk to your home insurance provider, you don't need to look into this because all you're doing is listing your gym on a platform. Um, that that's the wrong answer, right? As soon as as soon as there's an exchange of money for that service, you've entered into a business transaction. And the IRS isn't the only people that give a shit about it, right? Like uh, your local government's going to care. Your home insurance is going to care. Like all these different entities are going to have something to say about that. Uh, yep. So <clears throat> don't if, if there's someone out there telling you that you don't really, insurance is not really something you need to worry about, um, I, I, you know, like that should raise red flags for you. Additionally, here's another thing. So, um, you know, people we, we've heard before, like, hey, this is a big barrier to entry. And of course, insurance is a big barrier to entry. And the fact that we don't offer insurance is a big barrier to entry. Like we should like Airbnb offers insurance for their hosts that we should do the same. In in what we've seen in, in a lot, in most cases, at least for our use case and like this Airbnb for home gym thing, like. That insurance policy is going to make is going to be in our best interest. GoRx's best interest, right? They're not going to. They're not. They're going to look for ways that you failed as a micro gym and affiliate uh, owner that you failed. So we. So our insurance policy doesn't have to cover you, Mm -hmm. right? You want your own insurance provider. You want your own insurance company because. They're looking out for you and in in your best interest. Now, there's still a corporate entity and you say what you want about, you know, corporate companies, uh, but ultimately they're the ones that are in your corner. If we're providing you insurance policy, 
they're not good. They're your best interests are not in, in mind. It's our, it's, it would be GoRx's best interests or whatever platform. Yep. So <clears throat> if this is something you want to pursue one, you don't have to have insurance to be on our platform. We don't require it to affiliate, but we, we discourage that. We discourage that decision. Yes. So if, if you're like, we're not going to say like, you can't join our platform if you don't have insurance, but we're going to turn around and tell you, you yep. should get insurance uh, to make sure your base is covered. So I think we're, we're being a dead horse now, but those are, those are some things I definitely wanted to add to the comment. Yeah. And also, you're probably not going to get a very high insurance coverage for uh, if, if you're being given it for joining a platform. You might get $500,000 or less, right? Like yep. if you go with your own, you're getting a $2 million policy for maybe $100 potentially a lot less too. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, there, there's just, there's a whole lot of, there's a, there's a whole lot of reasons why you want to pursue your own insurance policies. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, have we had any failed ventures or anything like that when it comes to micro gyms yet? Uh, I mean, we haven't had any failed ventures. Uh, we go into a lot of forethought and, um, and research and everything with our affiliates before they decide to launch. And so, um, with, with that breadth of, um, discovery and preparation and everything, we help our affiliates best launch and best, um, get set up to where they're going to be able to create a sustainable business that, that moves forward. And, and we want to be a part of that success. Um, once you start making money through the app, that's when we'll start be, being able to collect our commission as well. And so, um, we are here. Right. To like, be in other words, we, we don't charge a subscription, so there's yes. no monthly yes, charge. Right. We, we do have a fee. It is the, our commission. We take yes. a commission, yes. a 10% commission off of transactions through the app. Yep. No subscription, no upfront cost right. From, right. from the standpoint of uh, GoRx. Um, and so, yeah, we, when it comes to possible failure though, um, anything, any, anything can play a factor into that. It, it really depends on the amount of effort that the micro gym business owner is putting into their own marketing and their own, their own, uh, outreach for clients and everything. I think that, uh, we've, we've seen where some people are okay with just being listed on the platform and, and letting organic interest come into their, into their gym. And then we have other affiliates that are, that are constantly reaching out to, um, customers constantly trying to grow their business and get people in. And, and so, um, success looks completely different for one, for one micro gym business owner to another. And so, um, yeah. sometimes and if I may jump in, I, I yeah, would, I, I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, jump on that point, right? Like success is different for me for than it is for you and failure is different for you as it is for me. So, uh, you know, this one is a hard, I, I, for conversation purposes, failed means bit they go out of business, right? So mm -hmm. if, you know, just for the podcast sake, if we're talking about failed, I, I, what we're assuming is this person goes out of business, they close their business, decide to walk away from it. We haven't had any of those yet. I'm sure there are trainers out there that have started businesses and decided not to from, you know, from their home gym. There are many that have started home business, these home training businesses that have gone on to start commercial gyms. I have a close friend who uh, just recently did that. Uh, but there are casual users, right? They're going to be casual um, gym owners, affiliate owners that aren't looking to make a ton of money, and that's totally okay. Like I'm one of those. I'm one of those guys. I'm not. A, I'm not one of the guys that goes out and, and hustles to get users into my gym to get, to get frequent traffic. Um, because my success for me is breaking even. I want my micro gym 
paying for my equipment, paying for the cost to, to, to operate my, my gym. Right. And so it's doing that. And some, I ha- I'm earning a profit for, for me, that's success. You know, someone might s- decide that they want this to turn from their side hustle to their main, main hustle. So success is going to look different and it's going to be de- defined differently and failure will then be defined differently for them. And so one of the things that we can do and help you do if you decide to affiliate or come on board is we can help you define what success looks like for you, define what failure looks like for you. What is your exit strategy uh, and how long are you going to be in the game before you make that call? Right. So uh, these are things that we can work through you. It's not a one size fits all, uh, but as failure closed business, we haven't had any of those yet, but I'm sure in the future. Like it's not going to be foolproof. We're going to have people that walk away from it, that close their business. It's just going to happen. It's a fact of life. Most businesses do fail, right? But we're trying to build the mechanisms, the processes in place and the infrastructure, the community to make sure we are all successful when we start this endeavor. Yep. Yep. That's great. Um, let's see. I think we're going to do just one, one final question is where do I start? How do I start this? What do I do? What do I do to get going? And uh, Andrew, do you want to jump into that answer? Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is the most common question. This is also one of the, the biggest pain points that we've discovered through our surveys uh, that people have is they just don't know where to start. They like the idea. They're just not really sure where to start. And so what I would say is like, um, start with your, your significant other, your, your spouse, if you're married or uh, your, your partner. Um, get your family on board and make sure you're supporting your home. Talk to your neighbors, you know, make sure that um, you're addressing their concerns. For example, I talked to my neighbors before I opened my micro gym. I asked them like, what are the things that you'd be concerned about? And one of the things that they were most concerned about was uh, noise early in the morning. So I bought some crash pads. I asked, pe- I asked people that come in in the morning to throw in headphones and t- instead of turning on the speakers, uh, you know, if they want to listen to music uh, and they, and, uh, that, so we got them on board and, and they've been super awesome. I frequently check in with them too, to make sure that they're happy that, um, that there isn't anything that's popped up that, 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 uh, frustrates them. So, uh, then I would say you need to con- contact your, your, um, local government. So that might be the County offices, your, your village offices, but basically you need to ask how they regulate or govern home occupations. Now this varies across states and cross c- counties and communities. There are some states that are, um, more friendly to micro gym or home occupations than others. Uh, but you need to reach out and ask them, uh, can I start a business from home doing personal training, et cetera, right? So once you know that, once you have those answers and you get those green lights, then we recommend you, you talk to your home insurance provider. You say, you ask them like, hey, what do you think about this? Um, you let them know that you're going to be seeking commercial insurance or maybe that they, the, the unlikely situation, maybe they will provide insurance. So Make sure you make those phone calls. And then I would say, hit us up, head our website up, download our guide, because we've got a comprehensive step-by-step guide uh, that lays out everything that you want to do, including forming your LLC, um, getting a business banking account, because you do want to separate those. Your your business finances from your personal finances is going to make tax time a lot easier, uh, et cetera. So first step, conversation with your spouse or partner and your family your neighbors, and then your community. Once you get those green lights, um, you might have to reach out to your HOA, grab their bylaws, you know, they, they grab the bylaws uh, and look for the section that will talk about home businesses or home occupations. 
If you want, send them over our way. We'll take a look at them. We'll help you strategize how to uh, address or approach their concerns in the format that they request or however it makes most sense, right? It varies, you know, so much that there is no one size fits all. Yeah. HOA is so different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably a longer answer than what um, may be required. But those are your first, those are the first considerations when when you want to uh, start a micro gym. And that's assuming that you already have a home gym. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If you don't have a home gym or anything like that, then you got to, you also have to do the, the upfront work of setting aside your space and getting it all, uh, kitted out with whatever equipment you want to use. So yeah, I think that's a great answer, Andrew. Thank you for that. Um, and I don't think I have anything to add to that. We're here to, we're here to help you be successful, whether you come up on the platform or not. Um, we want you to, we want the micro gym concept to just continue to grow and become more and more of a common thing. Yeah, absolutely. So appreciate you guys tuning in to, uh, today and let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's freaking go. LFG, <laughs> let's get uh, micro gym businesses and let's get the micro gym concept um, to become the general concept of, of fitness access.